I want to start off today, if it's okay with you, I want to tell you a story about me dancing, if that'd be okay. All right, good. So, so when I was in high school, this is before Elise and I had started dating, we were just friends, and we found ourselves out on a dance floor. And my high school self said to my high school self, David, you're a good dancer, uh, so you should teach Elise how to dance as good as you. So I proceeded to teach her uh, my sweet dance skills. And all the while, if you talk to Elise and her experience in all of this, she would tell you that she patiently endured as I proceeded to teach her how to dance, all the while she is thinking, this guy is probably the worst dancer I've ever seen. And that's how cool Elise is. And since then, I have come to the painful realization that I really am a horrible dancer. Um, and so now, when I look at people who are dancing, I get a little bit envious. And here's the reason why. Because it looks like to me, when people are dancing, that they have all of these emotions inside, and they're able to let all these emotions out. They're being expressed. It's this grand expression of all these emotions that are inside. And if you're a singer, you know, if you, when you sing the high note, like that's a way of getting a lot of these emotions that are inside to be expressed. So if you're like Justin Timberlake, you're like, you can sing and you can dance. And so it's just this grand expression of everything you're feeling inside. And uh, today what we're going to do, and man, today is beautiful. If, if you will just catch what is being said here today. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at this grand Trinitarian dance of glory where the Father and the Son and the Spirit are all singing and dancing of each other's glory. The way the Bible talks about God, God is three persons in one God. Three and one. And the three, you could think of, we could think about it like this today. The three are held together by this Trinitarian dance of glory and this song of glory. So that's what we're talking about today. And we're coming to a close in our series called Afterglow. This is the last sermon in our series. And I'm kind of mourning the loss of it a bit, but uh, this is a great way to come to the ending of this series. So again, if you guys can just soak in what's being said and really listen to this, ah, man, it's such beautiful news for us. So don't let it escape you today. So here's what Jesus says. This is his prayer uh, closing out. He's been talking to his disciples and he ends with a prayer and this is the end of the prayer. John 17, verse 20 through 26. He says, he prays, I do not ask for these only, meaning his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, the disciples' word, that they may be, all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know you that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name. 
and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, there's something that you've got to know about Jesus. He is absolutely obsessed with the Father's glory. And the Father, what you've got to know about him is he's absolutely obsessed with the Son's glory. And the Spirit of God is obsessed with the Father and the Son all being glorified. And so I don't know if you're picking up what's going on here, but here's what's happening. The Father, he is working for the glory of the Son and the Spirit. And the Son is working for the glory of the Father and the Spirit. And the Spirit is working for the glory of the Father and the Son all of them working in this grand dance, singing and dancing of each other's glory. And this, this is what, so we're going to think about this as this grand Trinitarian dance and to look into it is to look into perfection. Remember when I said that dancing just looks like it's an expression of all that we're feeling inside. Well, God is perfect. What we have here is the perfect expression of perfection right here before us because God who is perfect, all that he is is being expressed here in this grand Trinitarian dance. And so to look into this dance is to look into absolute perfection. See, God is not glorious. He is the very definition of glory. Everything else is weighed and measured in comparison to him and his glory. God is not holy. He's the very definition of holiness. He's not just. He's the definition of justice. He's not gracious and compassionate. He is the very definition of them all, and he is not loving. He is the definition of love. And let me show you why it is essential for God to be three in one. Because when we think about love, and we think about love being perfected, perfect love, the perfect expression of love, if love is going to have this perfect expression, God must be three in one. Otherwise, if God is just one only, then he cannot love. Because love requires another. So in the infinity of time, or creation of the world, God existed perfectly in himself because he was three in one. This perfect, grand expression of love because he's three in one. This dance, it is a dance of a perfect expression of love and grace and justice and compassion and beauty and worth all because God is three in one. In this dance, it is infinite, it is timeless, and it cannot be confined to space, time, or matter. The dance is an, is an expression of perfection and nothing can contain it. It is outside of it all. And it is out of this dance that creation is spun into existence. Out of, the, out of this dance, space, time, and matter are thrust into existence. Beauty, I mean, the concept of beauty and justice and grace and love, they are all pouring out of this divine, perfected dance of God. We, we are a product of this dance. See, many people think, this is what we think all the time, that God, he was lonely. 
And so he created us because he was lonely, because he had need. But God did not need to create us. He was perfect in and of himself. But in this grand dance, the good news behind this is that in the grand dance, it's perfect. Perfect. It's in the perfection that creation is spun into existence. And that means it's good news because God did not create because he was lonely. He created in his perfection. He created in all was good. Ultimately, any thought of a God that is not Trinitarian falls short of perfection. Because it is inside of this Trinitarian dance that perfection is being expressed and the expression needs more than one. He creates out of an overflow of this dance. And listen to this. It just keeps getting better and better and better. He says, listen, you know what it says about us in Genesis 1? It says, God created us in his image, which means we are a reflection of this dance. Here's what that means. We are like living, breathing mirrors. And as a mirror... What we are drawn to is the perfection of this grand Trinitarian dance. And so as a mirror, to look into this perfect dance is to then reflect it out into the world. You're longing for love. You're longing for justice. You're longing for beauty, for forgiveness, for grace. It is all a longing to look into the perfect expression of this dance. That's why you long for those things, because you're created in his image, and that is what he is, that is who he is. All of those things, he's the definition of them. Your longing for love is simply a longing to look into the perfect expression of love within the Trinitarian dance. And that is why we look at school shootings and we say, why? We say, something is wrong here because we are made to look into the perfect expression of this dance. And anytime we see something that is not in this perfect expression of his dance, we say, something is wrong here. That's where our conscience comes from. We look at the things that we're doing and we say, no, nah, I feel guilty right now because I've just done this because we're meant to look into the grand dance of God where perfection is being expressed. We're made to look into this dance. And anything we look at that is not that dance, it violates what's inside of us because we're made in his image. And when we want glory for ourselves, I mean, come on, we all want glory for ourselves to some degree, and we would never tell anybody that because we know that we are meant to look into the glory of another. And listen to this. Anytime, you can have the greatest parents in the world, and you still wonder why you feel like an orphan inside, and it's because you are meant to dance with the Father in heaven. And you could have the greatest friendships in the world and still feel a bit friendless. Why? Because you are made to dance with the Son of God. And you could meet all of your life goals and still feel like you aren't really living because life is meant to be lived by dancing with God. 
Did I say that right? I mean, we were just talking about us looking into the dance. Now, are we really being swept up into this dance? Is that what we're created for, is to be swept up into the dance? And the answer is yes. So then we say, well, why has God created us outside of this dance? <sighs> My friends, he did not. He created us within the dance, and we walked away from it all. We left the dance. The whole reason that Jesus is here talking about the Father's glory and the Father's talking about the Son's glory is because we have walked away from the dance and therefore we aren't seeing the glory. So we're being called to turn back and look at this dance of glory and then enter into it. Typically, you hear people say, okay, God how can we believe in God if there's so much evil and suffering in this world? How could God create us this way? How could God create us in such a way where we're at odds with each other? We're constantly fighting with each other. How could there be a God if this world is filled with suffering and injustice and natural disasters and school shootings? I want you to know what we're doing here taking all of these things and then looking at God and saying, God, how could you do this? What we're doing here is we're putting God on trial. We're demoting him and we're elevating ourselves to his position and we're acting as the judge and we're saying, God, how could you do this? God made us in his image and then we returned the favor. We've elevated ourselves. Listen, listen. We've elevated ourselves to the position of God and gave him a demotion. Things are the way that they are because we have left the dance. Do you hear that? Things are the way that they are because we, we ourselves, we have left the dance. That's why they're the way they are. The dance is a perfect, perfect expression of all that is perfect. So the perfect expression of all that is perfect is this dance. Perfect love, justice, peace, kindness, goodness, joy. We, God created the world and it was good. And then we walked away from the dance. In every single sin our propensity to mess everything up, it is a rejection of this dance with God. It's saying, God, I know how to dance without you better than I do with you. Saying, God, I want to lead this dance. You are leading me, now I want to lead. I want to go off on my own. I don't want to dance with you anymore. And so we walked away from the dance. Everything fell apart. This curse entered into the world. And then we looked back at God and we said, God, how dare you do this? We looked at God and yelled at him for what we have done. Anytime a flower wilts under the scorching heat of the sun, it's because we left the dance. Anytime you're fighting with your spouse, it's because of what happened, because we left the dance. 
Anytime a hair turns gray, anytime you lose a hair, anytime you get a wrinkle on your face, you remember this is because long ago we left the dance and everything that is wrong got ushered into the world. Every school shooting, because we walked away from the dance. The Bible says that creation is actually groaning within. Creation is groaning to get back to this dance, knowing that there's something wrong in this world the way that it is. Who, I mean, come on. Who are we to turn around and blame God after we have walked away from the dance and ushered this curse into the world? The sickness that has entered in. He still continues on perfectly. Still in this perfect expression of all that he is. And we look back and we yell at him like it's his fault. But we have left him behind. And so we've left the dance and we have created our own dance. And it is ugly. We're tripping and we're falling over ourselves. We're hitting our faces on the ground. Like, and, and that is what every sin is. So I'll tell you another story about me dancing, because um, I'm sure you want to hear it. So uh, when I was in college, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter, so I figured I should minor in music. And so I minored in music. But one of the things that happens if you minor in music is you have to be in the choir. And uh, I was not happy about this, but I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this if I'm going to minor music, so I will go into the choir. Well, then I found out that I've got to get up on the stage with some other dudes, and, and we've got to sing wearing tuxedos. I'm like, oh, man, this is really cramping my style. I do not want to be doing this, but okay. And then I found out, also, I've got to dance <laughs> while I'm singing. Uh, and this is about two years after this, uh, my great gesture of trying to teach Elise how to dance and all of, you know, my wisdom and grace teaching her my skills. And so this is the time where I was really humbled. And when I say dance, I don't mean really dancing. I just had to hold the microphone and just sway like this. And do you know what I could not do? This. Everyone's going right and I am going left. And it was embarrassing. So practice goes horribly. And then whenever I do get the steps right, I'm singing the wrong notes. So uh, this is just going horribly. At one point, the entire choir is trying to teach me how to do this dance. And the time, by the time the performance comes, I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to focus. I'm sing singing. I'm just going to sing really quietly so I can just not make a fool of myself. And even then, I messed it all up. It was embarrassing. Now, that is a great display of us and what happens when we leave the dance with God because when we dance with God, he leads us and he gives us our steps. He teaches us how to live and he teaches us how to dance the dance of life and what we want to do is dance our own dance of life. And we don't let him lead. We want to do the leading. Everything falls apart. I want to show you something else. It is very peculiar, actually, what is going on here. So in Genesis 1, we leave the dance, or Genesis 3, we leave the dance. And then God does something. There's this tree of life. And God says, 
we, they've left the dance. We don't want them to take hold of this tree of life because if they take hold of this tree of life, they're going to live forever. And we don't want that. Notice the word is we. God is saying we. So this is, you're seeing the Trinity even back then. Okay, so why does God want us to not live forever? And here's why. Because when we left the dance, all of the imperfections of leaving the dance took hold of us and we became very, very, very imperfect. And had we taken a hold of this tree of life while we were imperfect, we would stay that way forever. And by the way, here's how he kept us out of this tree of life. He posts up these two angels with these flaming swords so that we stay out, so that we can't get hold of this tree of life. Now, when we take hold or, here's what would happen. Here's why the tree of life is there. Because if we try to take hold of this tree of life and live forever in our current state, then that would be us entering back into this Trinitarian dance. Now, let me tell you what happens if we try to get back into the dance in the current state that we are in. Us being imperfect, trying to enter into what is perfect, this perfect expression of everything, of holiness, of justice, of grace, of beauty, of all that is perfect, we try to enter into it in our current state, we become crushed under the weight of his perfection and then we are spit out. Spits us out. Because that that is imperfect does not belong in what is perfect. Perfect expression, perfection would destroy us. Let me show you, let me, let me just explain this. So to try to enter in to this perfect expression of God in his Trinitarian dance with any bit of anger. We have anger. We all have anger inside of us. And do you know what anger is? Jesus talks about this. Anger is like a kernel. And the same, it's the same thing that is murder. It just hasn't popped. Like you think of popcorn. Anger is like the kernel, and murder is like the popping of the kernel. And what he's saying is any of us, and we all do, that have any bit of anger within us, what he's saying is given the right circumstances, we are all capable of murder. That has no place in the Trinitarian dance. We all want glory. Like, let's just be honest. Like, the idea of us getting glory, like, we wouldn't call it that, but we want it some way. We want everybody to think we're amazing and awesome. We want some glory. And so, God, the Father, He is not concerned about this. He's concerned about the glory of the Son and the Spirit primarily. And so, we walk into this Trinitarian dance wanting all the glory, and we do not belong there if we are doing that. We have envy. We have jealousy. We have gossip inside of us. We have all of these things and try to enter into this Trinitarian dance with all of those things. We get chewed up and we get spit out. I mean, I, I want you to just think about, think about God and who he is and think about what kind of God God would be if he allowed imperfect expressions in the perfect expression of who he is. He's no longer God anymore. He's just violated all of who he is to allow something imperfect to be dancing with him because then it all is tainted. 
I mean, we think about heaven and the perfection of heaven, but let's, guess what? As soon as something imperfect enters into heaven, it is no longer perfect anymore. The flaming swords are guarding it so that it remains perfect, so that the dance remains perfect. Somehow we snuck our way in. It would be very, very bad for us. His holiness to stand before it would crush us. I mean, you know the things that you have done that you wouldn't even whisper to someone. The tree of life is being guarded by these swords that keep us out because of the things we wouldn't even whisper. The fear of the Lord, this is in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, if you look at this dance and you say, ah, I could enter this dance the way that I am right now, then I want to tell you something. You're not really looking at the Trinitarian dance. You're looking at something else. You've taken God and you've created him in, in your own image so that you can feel comfortable enough to approach him. But listen, he's no longer God anymore. You have demoted him, and he will never deliver for all of, the, all of your wants. You know, this, this Trinitarian dance that you want to enter into, it will not be great for you because you have demoted God now. In your mind, this is what we do to comfort ourselves. We change the way we see God, or the way we ought to see God, so that we feel like we can approach him so that we feel like we could get to him, so that we feel like we could earn our way into the dance. We do this all the time. We create God into a safe, comfortable, kind of unjust, though we wouldn't say that, and small God. Small, even like a little bit of unholiness, just so we could kind of get in. And we do this to comfort ourselves. But I want to tell you, if we get a real look at God and who he really is, do you know what it's going to make us do? It's going to make us run. But we got to keep looking. Because what does it mean to be a Christian? If, if the logical thing to do is to look upon God's holiness and run, then what does it mean to be a Christian at all? Here's what it means. You have seen that though you can't get in, God has found a way to bring you into the dance. So I just, I want you to um, like, just picture yourself, you're, you're in a dream right now. Okay, you're in a dream and you are dancing with God. Everything is perfect. The perfect expression of who God is, you have been enveloped in this dance. So your desires that you have are meant to lead you straight past the pleasures of this world, straight into the pleasures of this dance with God. That's what you're made for. That's the thing you're chasing after. It's complete happiness and it's complete joy. It's the spirit inside of you showing you how great the Father and the Son is and all of a sudden you are erupting in joy and happiness and pleasure in God. And listen, in this dance, your soul finally takes its first deep breath of satisfaction. Now, come on, we're still dreaming here. We're still dreaming. And that's what Jesus means when he says, 
the glory you have given me, I give to them. That's what he means here. It's about us being swept up into this dance. But come on, it's too good to be true, right? I mean, how does this happen? How do you get in? So here's what Christianity says. The Holy Spirit lives within us. All right? And here's what's happening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within us when we become a Christian. And the Holy Spirit is groaning for the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is is this divine magnetism, he is being pulled. The Spirit is being pulled to the Father and the Son, and the Spirit is living within us. And so that means what, what happens to us? We start getting pulled up into this dance because the Spirit of God is living within us. So you are dancing and you're falling, you're tripping, you're going the wrong way. But when the Spirit is within you at work, you stop tripping, you stop falling because he is now leading you. That's what the, I mean, that, that's what it means to be a Christian. The Bible talks about walking by the Spirit. What that means is you aren't, you are no longer trusting the things that you want to do, and you're now trusting the things that the Spirit inside of you wants to do. And what that means is your wants are starting to get rearranged because you're listening to the Spirit within you teach you. You stop doing what is natural inside of you to do, and you start doing what is natural in the Spirit that is inside of you to do. Let me say that again. You stop doing what is natural for you to do. And you start doing what is natural for the spirit to do that is living inside of you. Okay, we're still in the dream because this is way too good to be true, right? And what you find then is all the things that you were doing in the past, you're not doing them at least to a lesser degree, more and more and more. And you know what you start wanting? You just start wanting to be with God because the spirit inside of you is craving the father and the son. And so you want to see him glorified. It's like this strange thing. Like you just start wanting people to know how great God is. And you're like, where did this come from? I don't know where this came from. It's just happening inside of me. And you start to be content with life. And you start having joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And you start loving people that before drove you crazy. And maybe they still drive you crazy a little bit, but some reason you can stand being around them now. And you start loving these people that before drove you crazy. And then you want to just start hugging them. And you're like, what is happening to me before? I wanted to like smack you or something before, but now I want to hug you. I don't know what's happening to me. It's because the spirit inside of you is teaching you to dance. And then you say, okay, but I know in this world I'm going to get tripped up because I'm not fully with God yet, but I know there's going to come a day. Now, come on, we're still, we're still in this dream. I know there's going to come a day when I am dancing with God freedom. I don't have to think about the steps because the spirit is completely leading me in everything I do and you are in paradise. And that is what the Christian is waiting for. This great grand expression of complete joy. But then you wake up from the dream and you say, no, this is too good to be true. There is no way after all, how could I enter into this dance the way that I am? I am far from perfect. I don't belong in that dance. Listen, the Christian is not a Christian because they have found a loophole to sneak into this dance. They are not a Christian because they have measured up to, be, to earning being in this dance. It's already been ruined. 
They are a Christian because they see that Jesus alone has made a way. How does he make this way? I mean, how is this possible? Because every, I mean, I think at this point, I hope you're convinced that it is impossible for us to enter into this dance. So how in the world are we getting in? And Jesus says, yes, it is impossible for you, but with God, it is not impossible. And here's how he does it. This dance is happening. The Trinitarian dance is happening. Okay, we're going back 2,000 years ago. And it's been happening for all of eternity. It's an infinite dance. And then, Jesus in all of his glory, he puts his glory aside. And he enters into the world. But he keeps dancing with his Father and with the Spirit. And he is dancing in all the ways we should have been dancing. And he dances perfectly. And then he says to us here, all this dance that I danced, it is now credited to you. This dance is it's as if you danced this way your entire life. But there's still a problem. We're still covered with our sin of leaving the dance. This curse that is living within us. So here's what he does. It says in 2 Corinthians that he who knew no sin, meaning he who danced perfectly, he became sin, which means he was, it's as if he did not dance perfectly so that we might become the righteousness of God. He danced perfectly, but then he went to the cross. And on the cross took our record. He took our dance and made it his own. And then listen to this. This dance, this infinite dance that has been going on for infinity. On the cross, for the first and only time, the dance stops. Because Jesus has just been covered with our sin. And it stops Father and the Spirit dead in their tracks. And they say, you do not belong here. And they crush him under the weight of their perfection and the sin that he took on. And he is cast out of this dance. But as he is cast out, he takes hold of us, or we by faith, take hold of him. And in the resurrection, he lifts us back up into the dance. Only he has taken our record and he has died for it. So it is cleansed. We walk in as if we have been dancing perfectly. Any curse that is on us is wiped away. And we walk in spotless and blameless into the dance because he has drawn us in. And then he sends a spirit to us right now, living inside of the Christian. And that spirit is groaning for the Father and the Son. And so now we groan as well because we are being pulled up, swept up into this dance of glory. We take part in it for all of eternity. Everything we want is that dance and he has made a way in for us. We go to him and we say, I'm yours. Thank you for doing this for me. Take me 
And where does he take you? Into places you could never go. Straight up into the dance of glory. No greater news. Father, we thank you that you have sent your son. Jesus, we thank you that you have given your life, that you left the dance to come and get us and bring us in. We couldn't think up or dream up something better to ask of you, and yet you lay it before us. So help us to believe that this is true. Help us to take hold of this great promise that despite everything we think and we feel, at times there is this dance that is happening all around us, this dance of glory. Sweep us up into it so we might now know who we are really meant to be in you. Help us, God, do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.